1: Howdy, folks! Happy Friday! Thank God it's Friday. Okay. Coming up on a weekend, a weekend closer to Christmas, which means we get past Christmas. I mean, it's going to be a while, Mike. I, I know. It, it you know, it's like let's. Oh God, I can't remember where. Oh, it was. A, it was a Starbucks. I go into a Starbucks, and they're playing it. it, it there are annoying Christmas songs. There are good ones. Uh, I, I particularly like uh, uh, I Believe in Father Christmas by Greg Lake. It's a progressive mm-hmm. rock Christmas song mm-hmm. um, and a few others. But um, the Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney is the abomination, the one abomination of a, of, of a great artist. Uh, Merry Christmas Baby by Bruce Springsteen. I don't like Springsteen. I don't like the song. Mm-hmm. Um. Anything by Mariah Carey, hideous. And the worst one, when I worked as an usher in a movie theater, a general manager would put it, and this is back in the day when you had a CD and it was on repeat. So every 45 minutes it would click over and you'd hear the same seven or eight or ten songs over and over. The Barbara Streisand version of Jingle Bells, where she's singing it at basically... Twice the speed. I don't know that one. uh It's like from the sixties. I mean, All basically, right. just you know, if it's if it's Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, and that she's going Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle, and like like a Broadway song. And I mean, I swear to God, if I hear that, I go into epileptic fits. It's well, you the- must
0: hear it at, like the supermarket or something.
1: Oh God, yeah, no, I'm sure, I'm sure it's on like a three ninety nine CD at oh, like yeah. at like Wegman's or Target or whatever these places, you know on a rack and if you bought that if you want like to put somebody into convulsions there you go and uh, i love I love the uh I love the ch- the chatter in the in the chat room here Heather gray no this is sky blue sorry Terry it does. Um, it's not that is that is not sky blue It is sky blue funky cold zadina fifty shades of Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> uh toronto greenhouse the god of gray <laughs> i love this stuff this is it's great anyway pre-show go ahead ross so for
0: a pre-show um we will talk about your new york yankees because as i heard all the bread truck drivers and the conductors on the lir and all the typical yankee fans talking yesterday gary cole is just talking to your team and your team is just saying they'll spend a lot of money. Right. He's driving up the price. That's what he's doing.
1: Right. Okay. Let's just say this. They didn't say anything like this about Machado. They didn't say anything like this about uh um Bryce Harper, because they weren't willing to spend the money then. Right, they are willing to spend, and that's the thing that the Yankees fans are encouraged by is the fact that they're willing to spend the money. Does that mean that Cole's coming to New York? No, I think there's a chance now because if they're willing to spend the money, they're right. I think they're in the position right now, Russ, where they were ten years ago with Sabathia. Sabathia was clearly the best free agent in the market. He was less than thirty years old. He was coming off a season. If you remember, he got traded from Cleveland to Milwaukee. And he pitched like every three days down the stretch. Came in yeah. in relief. Oh, they abused him. I remember. They, they really did. But you know, he was. He basically said, you know, they traded for me. I'm going to give them their money's worth. Yeah. And you know, it really didn't have a negative effect on him later in his career. I mean, he he seemed to power through that. No, I think Twinkies did. But yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, and a few other things as well, but we won't go into. Um, but but yeah. So I mean, I think they're willing, and. Now it came out of the Boros camp that oh he doesn't have a West Coast bias I think he does but I think if the Yankees pay him thirty five million then that bias will go away he can fly he can fly on the corporate jet to go to California if he needs to so I give him a chance more than a chance than they had maybe four or five days ago but there's no guarantee and I'm not going to be the one to to like oh boy they're going to get Garrett Cole woo. You know that kind of stuff.
0: Remember my Daily News Rod Carew story. Rod Carew's coming to the Mets, and I wake up like you know a couple days later, he resigns with. Actually, I think he's when he went to the Angels.
1: But the, the, here, here's a clue. I mean, when there is a market and there's more than one team, and this can go for free agency in hockey or in football or in baseball. It doesn't matter. It's not exclusive. Basketball, of course, you know Kawhi Leonard goes to L.A. because he's from California, right? Um. Apparently, there was more information about Wheeler today that the White Sox offered him more than the Phillies, and the Blue Jays offered him the same contract as the Phillies. And again, because his his wife is from New Jersey, it's in the same division, it's a ballpark he's familiar with. All these things you tick them off. Though, I mean, that's I mean that's an argument towards Cole going to a California team because he's from California, he'd like to go there, but. If he wants to win, is I, I don't think San Diego is winning a World Series anytime soon. Even though they have a good no. lot of good young prospect. If it's the Dodgers, yeah, but I have I, I mean, you can make an argument for the Angels. Yeah, I think they threw. I think, I mean, they threw they threw stupid money at Trout. Supposedly they're on Mookie Betts. They have no pitching staff,
0: right? No, that's but if he goes there, if he's more he guy. No, no, no. But they they do have an older guy that was on my Roto team who's a good pitcher, but he's gotten hurt the last couple of years. Heaney, Yeah, he could pitch. They have a couple of guys. I mean, he would make a big difference there.
1: Yeah, I did somebody in the tra- chat say Mike Trout should be enough, but he's not. He's the best player in baseball. It's like Connor McDavid in Edmonton. One player in a team sport is not enough. Right, like it's- Fergie Jenkins won 25 games one year. The Cubs still stunk. Right, Steve Carlton in, what, 72, won 27 games for the worst team in the league. Oh. You're isolated. It's like, yeah. you know, so, I mean, we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, but, you know, um, I know that. I know Scott Boris, and I know he's setting you oh, up. He's, oh, no, no, but he's not setting me up. No, but he's setting it up, yeah. He's setting it up. I mean, he's 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 there to maximize the return for his client. His client's coming off one of the best pitching years in recent memory. You know, he's 29 years old. He's set up to make. Bill, um, you yeah, know, millions, multi, multi-million. So I don't begrudge him that. And if he goes someplace else, that's fine. You know what? As long as he doesn't go back to the Astros, that organization of complete corruption and crap. Yeah, they got uh, problems, man. They got problems. And I hope Major League Baseball throws the book at him. But, anyway, yeah, I,
0: you know, actually, it's a great point you bring up, because how long is this investigation taking,
1: really? Yeah, and I, I heard something yesterday, and then we'll get to, talking hockey here I heard something yesterday about you know the Players Association is really going to bat for the Astros because um you know the, they're essentially you know this would be punishing players for something that's not quote illegal unquote and I'm like wow if they go down that road and they and they minimize the the penalty or minimize the the blowback on this situation now, I not- that, um, Tony Clark should know better that's a weak argument if we, if we were just talking
0: about stealing, stealing signs with your eyes, that's one thing. This goes way beyond that, way past what the spirit of the game should be. Tony Clark should be ashamed of himself, honestly.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, hello, Hockey World. Today is Friday, December 6th, 19- <laughs> 2019.
0: I'm Russ Cohen. The cats just walk
1: all over me. And that's Anna, and and I'm Michael agello and I this is Hockey, Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. And Anna has deserted you. Okay, um, let's start with some of the games last night. A lot of games, uh, a lot of interesting results. Um, let's start with a game in uh, in Montreal. Uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of peop- a lot of fans out there are very pleased that the Montreal Canadiens are suffering. Um, they lost three to two to the or at least one host is. Well, that's true. Um, the Colorado Avalanche beat the Canadians three to two in regulation. That's the ninth loss in ten games for the Habs. Uh, they started rookie Caden Primo, uh, who gave up three. I think it was three in the first like twenty-five minutes of the game, and then settled down. In Montreal were down three nothing, came back and made it close late, but uh, the Habs were playing in the second of back-to-back games. Uh, they did not have Nazem Kadri in the lineup, but they got back Landeskog. Um, you know, right now the Avs, they, they clean up both ends of the back to back in Toronto, in Montreal. Start with the Avs. I, I, you know, I look at this team. I, Grubauer played great against Toronto. I'm assuming that Franco's started uh, last. I Friday. don't know. Let me look. Yeah, if they play, if they started Gruar both ends of the back to back, that would be interesting. But I oh, by the way, it's Suze. So. Yeah, I told you. Yeah, we were all wrong on that. I knew that the last time. It's yeah. Like, it's, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm I'm gonna say things phonetically. I'm, I'm not being Don Cherry or I'm you know like you know Patty Roy, but you know it, it looks like Franco's, but it's apparently <laughs> Suze. Patty Roy. Okay. Well, yeah, I know. That's all, I mean, he did that on purpose. Yeah, of course. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, with all the talk about Taylor Hall, I don't know if the if 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 the Avalanche need it was Franzuz, yeah, it was Okay, I don't know if the if the Avalanche need Taylor Hall. It's not like they're it's a crying need for them to add another score. But if they get Taylor Hall on top of that trio with Kadri as the number two center, I, I would say they're the favorite to come out of the West.
0: Yeah, there's no question. I think they're the favorite anyhow. I, I told Eck the other day, I thought they'd win this back-to-back no problem, and he, you know, put up his Montreal Canadiens front. His Monk and Rouge glasses? Yeah, but, we're, you know, nobody's surprised at this. I mean, they're they're playing amazing hockey. They are strong up the middle. They have a very mobile blue line. They've got a very tough defense in Zadorov, who's probably the strongest defenseman in the league physically.
1: And by the way, he did not get a hearing. You know what? He definitely slew-footed him and and
0: flipped him. There's no question about it. After seeing a few angles of it, I don't know how you couldn't think he did that.
1: I, I mean, even I was surprised. I mean, I, I you know, I like Zadorov as a player. He's a tough bastard. He's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I think he's a type of defenseman that a number of teams Toronto could use. Um... And um, I thought it was a slew foot. I thought he was going to get at least a game or two. I mean,
0: he took his legs out from under him. Like, what? he had no choice but to crumple on the ground. How do you not call that? That wouldn't have happened yeah. if he was there. Like, it's not incidental contact. That's It's really weak.
1: Yeah. Really weak. But, I mean, I mean I, the Canadians are in a desperate time right now. I mean, you could say, well, they're tied. I believe they're tied in points with Toronto at 30. But
0: well, that's the bad part for Toronto is the Canadians are in a death spiral and they're still well, the Toronto hasn't even made ground on them.
1: Well, the Leafs already had their death spiral. They lost six in a row. I mean, they've you know, they're over 500 since then. They need to be better than that. But I mean, that, that that's that's the thing. It's like you look at at the Atlantic Division right now. And you have Florida and Buffalo tied at 31. Montreal and and Toronto tied at 30. I think one team at 29. I mean, it's so packed together. So, I mean, yes, Toronto, if they were playing better, should be five, six points ahead of this. But the fact that they're all within two points of each other, even though they've played badly, it's good news for them because if they turn it around, which everybody expects them to, with the talent that they have, then they're they're not in as bad straits. But if they can, if they continue to play like this, then yeah, then they deserve to be out of the playoffs. But um, now the other game, I'll, I'll just hop around here. The other game that I watched that was uh, uh, had a well, the two games that had an effect on the Atlantic Division. One, Calgary uh, winning four to three over the Sabers. That score was um, sort of misrepresenting because it was four-one until like the final two minutes. Uh, the The Sabers pulled their goalie, scored a power play goal, and got within one, um, but uh, couldn't uh, couldn't tie the game. They were outplayed for most of the game and tried to claw back into it late. Now, I I said this on Buffalo radio yesterday. Everybody in Buffalo is like, "Oh boy," you know, they starting to get excited because. Michael's playing really well. He's playing, you know, like the player that we both think he can be. Um, but again, it's a situation where there's not a lot of help there. And they were three, one, and two in their last six games after that streak of I think it was 13 games where they had won, only won two games. But one of those victories was against Toronto at home, which they always win. Another one was against possibly the worst playing team in the league right now in New Jersey. The, you know, they're not, they're not exactly, you know, being world beaters right now. They're just beating teams that are worse than they are. Now they play a team like Calgary who has struggled, but has se- seem- seemingly righted the ship under Jeff Ward and they, and they win that game. They have three games and four nights in on a West coast trip. I'm still not convinced that the savers are anything more than a 500 team. I mean, the plus one differential too, which
0: isn't good. I, I have to agree with you. I, I think that they're going to be treading water <laughs> all year unless they really can make a trade and fortify this offense because the offense just isn't good enough.
1: Now, the other game that had something to do with the Atlantic Division, and I, I know that you were jo- you were laughing at this statement because you've mentioned this before, but the Tampa Bay Lightning are in trouble. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we're at the 30-game mark. They're 13, 10, and 3, so they played 29, 26 games. So they, they have games in hand. That's the only thing that is in their favor. But last night, they lose to Minnesota 5-4. I don't think they were ever in the lead in this game. They, they, they led 1-0. Minnesota scored three first-period goals. Tampa Bay tied it up 3-3, three, three, fell behind 4-3, tied it up 4-4. Four, four lost the game on a Zuccarello third-period goal. So five five goals against. I'm just trying to find out whether it was Vasilevsky or if it was uh, McElhaney. Um, but, I mean, this is – they're just not playing like the team, even close to the team that played last year. And Alex Stalock played for Minnesota. It wasn't uh, – it was Vasilevsky. Uh, a- a- allowed – Five goals on 21 shots. Look, they have
0: problems. Ryan McDonough is not the same. His skating's not as good. He's got a lot of mileage on him for the kind of game that he plays. So he is a very physical player, and I think it's taken its toll. So you have that. They gave him a lot of money.
1: Yeah.
0: Vasilevsky does need some defense in front of him, like any other goalie. Their defense wasn't super great to begin with. I think they've tuned out the coach since last year. I told you that. I said I would have fired him over the summer. They didn't do it. So now they're sort of suffering with this half-baked year where I think they can limp into the playoffs, but they're going to be out in a round or two. There's no question. And then they're going to fire John Cooper anyhow. So yeah. they might as well just fire John Cooper. Like it's just this is the only way they're going to fix things going into next year. I mean, Cooper's not won a Stanley Cup for him. I get he's had the success, but – there's always that point where it just starts turning the other way, and it's turning the other way.
1: Well, I mean, Anna's fascinated by what you're just saying right now. Um, but I'm fascinated with my phone right now. That's what it is. There you go. But, um, I mean, I said last year that had Cooper not been signed to an extension that he would have been fired. But they signed him to, a, I think it was a four-year extension. Jeff Vinnick has money, man. That's what yeah. you have to
0: do sometimes. But
1: you know how you know how billionaires are. I know, but you know, end of the day, and we always
0: talk about this, or at least I always seem to say it. Don't give your coach an extension while he's in the midst of a great season. Wait to see the results. Yeah. He did it when he had 128 points. The results were he's out in the first round. Did he earn that extension?
1: Well, I mean, what I'm. no, no answer the question. Did he earn it? At the time that they signed it, yes, they were. No, but no. After the way the season ended, no. But they already signed it. You, you, but they shouldn't. Well, right, but you're okay. You're 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 having a a year for the ages, and you and your coach is, you know, one of the most regarded in the league. You sign him to a four year extension in, I think it was March. You're not going to fire him after they lose in the first round like that. You unless you just want to sign away, okay. You, I think it was four million bucks. Okay, you just give him sixteen million dollars to go away, and you don't know whether you're going to have a better coach at the at the end of it. You don't know who is going to be who who you can hire, and will the results be any better than they are under Cooper? Okay, so how are the results now? Well, right now, I mean, there's a, almost a, half, a like one third of the season, and they're out of the playoffs. If this continues for the entire year, then he's gone. But I'm just saying that. But then what did I really save? I mean,
0: I basically am I paying to just have him try and make the playoffs because I'm paying him? But or do I really want to win? Hold on. I mean, that's a legit question.
1: Okay, Well, I'm not saying it's not legit, but I'm saying, don't you think that there's a little bit of a culpability here from that core group? Because basically, I mean, they got rid of JT Miller. uh, Ryan, Mc, Ryan Callahan retired. They brought in Shattenkirk. Other than that, it's the same group, and they're doing this. So... Do you say okay before the deadline? Do you make some sort of earth shattering deal to shake the core up to wake them up to say, okay, this is on un- this is not because I mean, I don't know how much the message changes, how much the performance changes. If the message changes with a different coach, maybe maybe they've tuned Cooper out like other teams have tuned out coaches long term, but. I'm not ready to blame it all on Cooper. I think that the, the that core group has some culpability as well. Yeah, but I think it's it's I think
0: it's been headed that way. And and I don't know how many more games you need to see until you see that it's not going to get much better. Yes, the players, even if they play the way they're supposed to, could possibly make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, it, they're not gonna it, go anywhere. And it's incredible because uh of Thomas in the chat says they haven't recovered from that first round debacle. No, they haven't. They they were up 3 nothing in the first period of game one, blew that game, and that shot their confidence. And, I mean, there were contributing factors like Hedman was not playing at 100% and there were some injuries there, but it's unbelievable how. I mean, who is supposed to help them get over a loss like that, Mike? What's that?
0: When a team has a loss like that, who's supposed to help them get over that? your leadership of your team and the coach and the coach too. But I'm saying the leadership of the team. Well, I mean, the leadership are all locked up. So the last guy out is the coach because, but he's, he's- locked up too. And the only uh, difference listen, is I his, his, again. Money, his
1: money's not on the cap. This is just, all this is, is just like a failed condo. Just get over it. <laughs> and this is the mortgage crisis. There you go. All right. Um, Some other games last night, Um, the Dallas Stars beat the Winnipeg Jets three to two. Uh, they healthy. One more thing, yeah. Uh,
0: if you do fire John Cooper and he is still so highly regarded, you won't owe him all that money because another team will be paying him. Maybe, yes. I mean, mean, that's a yes,
1: maybe. So that's another reason he should have gotten fired over the summer. Now you could proceed. Okay. Um, Dallas beats Winnipeg 3-2 to in overtime. The big note before this game was Alex Raduloff being healthy, scratched by the stars. Yeah. I mean, he, he's his numbers have dropped off
0: a bit the last four or five games, so I don't blame Montgomery for doing that. And I think it was Pavelski scored the winner. Things are still looking good for Dallas. I mean, Winnipeg's holding their own. They're going to have some losses like this, but not a big deal for either team, really, either way. Hellebuck with thirty six I mean, he's a best new candidate. There's no doubt.
1: Brian Burke made a good point on Hockey Central a little earlier. He was saying, I think it was either then or yeah or or no, it was on Wednesday on the Wednesday night broadcast. You're if you're a team like Arizona, and you're getting phenomenal goaltending from. Darcy Kemper and Ranta, and we're going to talk about Arizona in a second, Mm -hmm. Or a team like Dallas, who's getting unbelievable goaltending, or I mean, sorry, Winnipeg, who's getting unbelievable goaltending from Hallibuck, it's all fine and good, but they're covering up mistakes and covering up for things that when they play at their normal level, they're not going to be able to do. And Mm -hmm. It's great that you can bank points, but You can't become wholly dependent on that. No. Otherwise, you're in trouble. I mean, it's great that uh, Winnipeg is holding on to a playoff spot because Hallibuck is playing lights out. Eventually, he's going to return to being a human. Yeah. And when he he is, then they need to stand up. They need to improve their defense. They need to score more uh, consistently. And I don't know whether Winnipeg can continue based on having Hallibuck being superhuman the way he's playing right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're right. At some point, he's going to drop off a bit, and when that happens, then what?
1: That's fair. Um, now, you were at the game last night. The Coyotes and Flyers. Coyotes win 3-1. to one. Coyotes now are in first place in the Pacific Division, ahead of the Edmonton Oilers. Yep. Um, is this sustainable for the Coyotes?
0: I mean, right now, it sure looks like it is. I mean... They, they've got good coaching. We've always thought that. They seem to be really on an upswing here, and it's hard to, to say that this was a fluke. I watched the way they played. I'm just astounded at the shot total from yesterday. So Shane Spirit doesn't register a shot on net. James Van Riemsdyk gets three, who's still on the fourth line, by the way. Like, you want to know why they lose some games. That's why. They have a lot of guys taking a lot of shots, but no one taking a lot of shots, if you know what I mean. And and that's costing them. So now, you know, they had Giroux on the wing again for a night, and now at practice, they're practicing him in the middle again. Every time you do that, he's going to drop point totals that you could be getting throughout the year. They're putting Morgan Frost in the slot on the power play. Now, they did that with with, with Patrick, if you remember, and it worked for a little while, but Patrick is certainly – a little bit more adept at that than Frost and Frost admitted yesterday when Bill Meltzer asked him about it. Yeah. I'm not accustomed to doing that. I'm learning that and I've never done it before. So again, this goes to the problem of you have these rookies on the team, you're trying to assimilate them in there. Are you trying to put them in there to help the veterans or are you trying to put them in there to gain more offense?
1: Because right now, they're not gaining a lot of offense from the rookies. They're just not. A uh, flyer fan in the chat, flyer fan sixteen, is saying, "Come on, Russ. The Flyers dominated this game." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it. So Are
0: you kidding me. <laughs>
1: <They> <laughs> do do not go by shots on goal
0: on yeah. a couple of the power plays. They had some good pressure, and Kentner made great saves. No doubt about it. Scott Lawton missed a complete open net. No doubt about it. Arizona was faster. And at the end of the game, Connor Garland's game-winning goal, he had two Mississippi to shoot. Like nobody even touched him. And it was off a rebound, a juicy rebound. Mm-hmm. So don't act like they had a great game because also tell me how Shane Goss to Spirit did that game. Mm-hmm. He added movements now to when he's carrying the puck. All of a sudden when it hits him in the feet, he now struggles to get it going again where he never used to. For a little while he was walking the line good, and then it started to fade during the game. Like I said, he didn't even register a shot on goal guys. Like, come on. If, if Shane Goss is not doing that, he's not helping you. I know it's just one loss, but again, don't get too carried away with the winning streak because they still have problems. That's why I mentioned how many scouts are in the building. Cause I believe the flyers are actively trying to trade because they do still have problems. We don't even know if Patrick will be back this year. We have no idea. We're no closer to knowing if he'll be back than if he's not going to be back. And so that's, they have to do things to solidify a lineup. And you know, Robert Haig, he didn't have a good game either. So
1: I don't I don't know what the what the answer is here. Now um I am gonna pull up I'm gonna put up this stat that somebody just in the chat just put up here, but I uh, first want to talk about this game um briefly because of the you know the event that everybody's been talking about this morning, which is oh, was- I, I just
0: want to point this out because I didn't. They played seven defensemen. So like Robert Hay played eight minutes.
1: Eight, eight. Go. So they didn't put they didn't put a, a defenseman a forward. They just rotated. Well, they did, but they didn't do it. They just set it on the sheet. Okay. Um, the big event in the Hurricanes Sharks game was Joe Thornton punching Peter Mrazek. I do give the Carolina Hurricanes credit because. They uh, painted an outline of a dead Peter Mrazic on the ice where they were practicing this morning. I, I really think if you look at the, at the look at the video, uh, I don't know if how forceful Thornton was in terms of jabbing the puck when Mrazic covered it. Mrazic took a baseball swing with the goalie stick, which would have hurt. Right, and, he didn't hit anybody. He didn't hit anybody, and then he went at Thornton, and Thornton jabbed him with his right hand. And Mrazek went down like he'd been shot by Lee Harvey Oswald. He hit him in the
0: throat. It was real. It looked like he hit him in the mask. No, he hit him in the throat. Okay. Uh, and that's why he went down like that. And, and really, there should have been action taken in that game. He should have been kicked out of the game. Now, um,
1: now Burke, Burke on Hockey Central, and you can call this Neanderthal or you know whatever, but I, I, I do buy into this. When somebody takes a swing at your goalie and nobody and everybody is standing around and nobody does a thing, you're giving the other team carte blanche to do anything. No, that's fair. And, and somebody well, should have responded, at least to push him away or do something. You not not beat him over the head with a stick, not drop the gloves if you don't want to drop the gloves, but something to protect your goaltender. Right, and and I even say Brad May had a take where he was like,
0: look. If you're a goalie and you take a swing like that, you know that something could happen. That's true, right. That's fair, but still what happened was was dirty. It was.
1: Now, I'm going to I'm going to put this stat up just because it illustrates a point of view that I've had for I would say 5 years. Jake Gardner minus 18. Wow. This is a team that is I believe in a playoff spot right now. The Carolina Hurricanes—they've had fairly decent success this year. They signed Jake Gardner late in free agency to a four-year deal for an amount essentially equal to what he was making, which is not usually what happens in free agency. He basically is making the same amount of money on a four-year contract. I have been saying for years he's a defensive liability. The analytics, Yahoo's, as for uh, who who analyzed the Leafs. Keep so I- on, Mike, just keep piling it up. No, no, but I'm sorry, but, you know, oh, Jake Gardner's a great defenseman. Oh, but, you know, his his numbers are fantastic. Oh, but he just gives away the puck at the worst possible time, like in game seven when he's minus five, okay? I'm sorry. He's the worst plus minus, and plus minus is not a determinative statistic, but it's an indicator. And when you're minus 18, that's an indicator that you are not a good defenseman. I'm.
0: Kane fans are not happy with him. I'm sure his team and I'm sure the management of his team is not happy with him. He needs to do better. If
1: he doesn't, it's going to turn out to be an awful signing. I mean, they have Slavin and Pesci locked up long-term. They have Hamilton under contract for another year. They have Jake Bean down in Charlotte. They have Hayden Fleury, Trevor Rand Riemsdyk. They're not wholly dependent as much dependent on Gardner playing well as the Leafs were, because the Leafs were not no, a good they have to pay Hamilton. Like he is a right, he's a key part of that team.
0: He's having a great year and he's gonna make more than Jake Gardner, a lot more. And then all of a sudden that you wish you didn't have you didn't have that Jake Gardner money spent. Right. You could have had Jake Bean in there with him with the rays and not worry about Gardner. Now you may have to make two moves to do something about that.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, I'm sorry. I think it's going to be pretty tough to find somebody to take Jake Gardner, even for pennies on the dollar. So, I mean, that, that you know. I'm
0: I i, I I'm waiting for the Islander fans to jump in here because every time there's somebody available, it's always like, well, the Islanders could take them or get them or whatever. I think I'll, I think they'll probably stay silent on this
1: one. Though. Okay, just a couple other scores here, and then we'll take some questions in the chat. Um I feel like I'm being watched. But, gee, I don't know why. Um, Blackhawks beat the Bruins four to three in overtime, I think I'm, I'm fairly sure the Blackhawks were leading this game three, nothing. I'm looking up the box score as we're, as we're talking here. Uh, I remember Chicago having a big early lead in this game. Okay. Yeah, they were up three, nothing Carpenter, Strom and Debrink uh, 17 seconds into the third period. So they were up three, nothing Boston comes back Nordstrom, Wagner and Krug and then Taves scores in overtime. So, I mean, to the Blackhawks, that really, the, the blown lead doesn't mean anything because Boston's in the East and they're not giving up a point to a competitor for a playoff spot. But it's just a trend in terms of the fact that they had a 3 nothing lead. They should have been able to, you know, be home and cold out and have the victory, and they had to depend on Taves to get an overtime winner to, to get the win.
0: Because they're a mediocre team. Like, that's where they're at. Their goaltending's been great, but it's been covering up I'lls on the defense, and their offense hasn't been super fantastic either.
1: Yeah, Robin Leonard faced 40 shots last night. so That's a lot. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, the Islanders win 3-2 to two over the Golden Knights in overtime. Uh, Ryan Pulak with the goal in OT. Uh, Islanders keep trucking. I mean, I have to give them – if Joe Morello is here, I'm giving them credit, Joe. I don't understand how they're doing it. I don't think it's sustainable, but they're continuing. To- oh, listen,
0: they they deserve credit. They they keep winning. Um, marc Andre Fleury was still with his family since the passing of his dad. Mm-hmm.
1: Subban's played like five straight now, and back and a back to back. Yeah, Joe Joe in the chat says yes, yes, yes. Meaning I've given him credit. I'm telling you right now. Joe, I don't think it's sustainable. Even if they win the division, they'll lose in the first round. So we'll, we'll move the goalposts here. I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. Now, if they keep doing this, they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're not going to have any success in the playoffs. So right. there, there's our next battlefield. But but the, the thing
0: is, you do kind of wonder with Vegas. Like, Fleury will come back and he'll be, he'll be rested, but Subban might be burned out. Like, this is – I, I and Vegas did this their rookie, you know, their first year, and it worked out for them somehow. But man, they ride these goalies awfully hard, don't they? Well, Gary Subhan- should be playing a game or so. Yeah,
1: well, if you want to lose, I mean, well, I mean, but you have to sometimes do it. No, I, know, I, I get that. I mean, if it's back to back, you can. And plus, Subban has had some injury issues over the years, so it's right. like you know, that, that's like one of the things with, with Toronto, uh, with Anderson playing him back-to-back, is they're concerned about, you know, by managing him and keeping him out of back-to-backs, they've had success in playing him over 60 games. Um, they realized that in Anaheim, when he played long stretches and played back-to-backs, they got hurt. So they're trying to manage. Because, I mean, the Leafs know right now that if Anderson gets hurt, their, se- their season is over with. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. it wouldn't even be a question. I mean, if he were to miss a month, that's it.
1: Yeah. Um, last game, I didn't see any of this, Russ. Did you see any of Rangers in Columbus, three to two Rangers over I the – I did not. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, I have to say, I mean, the, right now the Rangers are – I'm looking up the standings right now to see where they are. But, uh, you know, they got goals from Truba and Panarin looking at the stand Panarin goal
0: had to hurt Blue Jackets fans, I'm sure.
1: Like <laughs> you knew that was coming. Oh, sure. Of course. I mean, but, hey – uh, and I, I said this to you earlier. Um, I look at the Columbus Blue Jackets this year, and I can't blame Tortorella because I look at that roster and I look at the decision made. And I and I can say this because it's not in tw- it's not me having twenty twenty hindsight. I said it at the time. Columbus is insane. To do what they did, to trade for Duchesne, to add on when they should have traded Panarin at the deadline to bring in something and maybe then use the money this year in free agency. Instead, they brought they added Duchesne, they added Dezingle, they took the they took a shot, they won a round, and then they lost. And it's like if I, I don't know, like if, if you needed the revenue so bad to, for the first round victory that that yeah, was worth it, then God bless. But I, I honestly, I... I do think that was their situation. But um, I think now Winnipeg fans
0: could shut up too about Truba. He's playing fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at UP Tessier. So <laughs> I'll send him a message and let him know. He yeah, yeah. got a little note on that. But Georgiev played another good game. And I have to believe at the deadline, he will be the number one goalie talked about. And the number one goalie that people will go after other than jerry but the thing about the penguins is i kind of wonder now if they're going to wait until the summer to trade jerry mm. well because if they want to have if they feel like they can have a run and they want to cover themselves for another potential injury mm-hmm. from from their goalie from matt murray then they might wait till the summer to trade him but give there's no reason to wait for the summer because you know, since Jürgen can walk in now and take his job.
1: Well, here here's and and I'm putting up uh question here because it folds into what you were just talking about and what I had heard this morning from Elliot Friedman. Um obviously the focus was the Leafs and their backup goaltending situation. Um Flamester says the question is do the Leafs get one of the Pens goalies? Um I look at and with Georgiev he gets a, he gets uh the victory. Mhm. Um, I think he had a shutout recently. Yeah, but he stole that game too. From where I was. Yeah. Now the the thing is, is that within I I believe it's four or five games, his ability to go through be exempt from waivers is gone. So if the if the the aim of Jeff Gordon is to bring up Shashurkin, now he could bury Gorgiev in the minors. If you wanted to. it will
0: kill his value. I don't think they'll do that.
1: Right, exactly. But the thing is, is that um if they wanna if they want to bring up Shashurkin later in the year, then they have to carry three goaltenders because they can't risk putting Georgiev. No, they don't trade money. him. I, I I'm certain they're gonna trade him. Wow, is that a bus or a train or a truck or something? Truck, big truck. Okay. I'm so,
0: certain they're gonna trade them. I don't I'm not as certain that the penguins are gonna trade. Jerry, and they may not even trade the Smith either. They may not trade any goalie until the summer.
1: Well, I mean, Friedman said that he's not 100% sure whether the Leafs have put in inquiries on Georgiev or on the Pittsburgh goaltenders. He knows that the Leafs had no interest in Louis Domingue. They had an opportunity either to claim him on waivers or trade for him. They weren't interested. They apparently didn't check in on Eric Comrie before he was traded to Detroit. So he, they might be interested in these guys, especially Jerry and Georgiev, because they make less than Michael Hutchinson does. Right? But it's the question of the cost. Now, Brian Burke said if it's a second-round pick, if it's a young player, I don't care. This is something that could keep you from making the playoffs. I, I can't say that. Like if, if, the, if, the, if, the, if the Rangers are asking for Jeremy Bracco for Georgiev, I'm not doing that deal. No, they won't ask for Brocco, but I think they'll ask for more than a second. Because well, they're not gonna get a first because they already
0: traded. No, him. no, no, A second and, and some other prospect, but it won't be a guy like Bronco's
1: level. Right now, um I think Pittsburgh, I think I think you're right. I you know, we know Matt Murray goes down every year. Every
0: and Rutherford year. knows that too.
1: It's like clockwork, it's yeah. gonna happen, unfortunately. And he's a great goaltender, but he gets hurt every year. He's that kind of athletic goalie that he can pull a groin or he can hurt a knee. It just happens. So um, I, I, I get the feeling that the Leafs are going to make a move backup goaltender wise. It's not going to be one of these home run guys because Georgiev could be a future number one in this league. He's only 23 years old. They signed him as a free agent. There's always that chance. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he could be another auntie Ranta. It could be another auntie Ranta situation. So I, you know, I, I just don't, I, I don't know. Um, Let's see here, uh, Esmir, What's the point of the Leafs to keep a guy like Bracco if there's no cap room for him? The Leafs are wasting his career. Okay, they're keeping him because he's cheap. But they're they trying, are wasting his career. That's true. Right. I mean, I let's listen. To I I believe I've talked to scouts in Toronto who observe the Leafs and the Marlies a lot. It's split on Bracco right now. Some think he's ready now. He's got the offensive chops. He'd be, probably be a little bit of a defensive liability, but you tell me right now that there aren't defensive liabilities on the Leafs right now. So it's it's the same thing. But that he's got the pay, he's got the playmaking ability to be an NHLer right now. He's got the edge work to be an NHLer right now. The only other concern is just like Kenny, is he strong enough to win puck battles along the wall? He's on the last year of his entry level contract. He's an RFA, but they'll qualify him, and they'll sign him again. So right. the reason that they're holding on to him is because one of these guys, Janssen, Kapanen, Nylander, if this team loses in the first round or doesn't make the playoffs, one of them is going to be gone because they're going to have to clear space to either sign, re-sign some of the defensemen that they may they move, may lose in free agency or go out and sign uh, Someone in free agency. Uh, James Myrtle in the Athletic today wrote about the Leafs going after Alex Pitrangelo. Okay, you got a room for your fourth ten million dollar player? What is <laughs> Myrtle smoking? Seriously. Uh, I mean, I didn't read the article, so I don't know what what he what he was saying in terms of them either trading for him, like Nealander. So I, I'll reserve judgment on that. But I'm just saying, I'm not
0: reserving judgment. There is no situation where that is going to happen or make sense unless you're getting them as a rental which i don't see why they would because they'll have to give up too much and they're not going to be able to retain them
1: well i mean they you know i think that feeds into the rumor that we saw last week where Doug Armstrong has been he he's been at a couple Toronto games recently. So the only speculation that makes sense is has been Angelo because there was interest there last year mm-hmm. when Neilander when was holding out. All I know is that this is how tight things are against the cap right now. The Leafs had all of their players for the first time, everybody, their, their core group, their top six, everybody, for the first time against Colorado. And then Andres Janssen blocks a shot. Uh, um, Sheldon Keith didn't think it was very serious. He says he was, it was some pain. Uh, I don't think he's going to miss any time today. He they they did a, a scan and they found an injury and he's on LTIR now. Wow, so not going to be that bad. To LTIR is quite a leap. Now I'll tell you this. this is just like: Do I think he's hurt? Yes. Do I think he's hurt enough to be on LTIR? Maybe not, but if he's out a couple weeks, this is a, this is a situation where a team would normally just put this player on 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 injured reserve. But because the Leafs are forty two thousand dollars under the cap, and, right, and about to go on the road for four games, and had like were carrying twenty one players on their roster, they had to, they had to put Janssen on LTIR just to be able to call up three guys. They called up Pontus Aberg. They called up, they recalled Patan and, and Marinson. So they had seven defensemen to be on the road. They had to put Jansen. Now, is he hurt? I think he's hurt because I saw I was watching where he blocked a shot. He blocked a, a point shot, uh, a slap shot, and it hit his it hit his leg. He was he limped off the ice. I think he's hurt. I don't know whether it's a broken leg or or a, a, uh, a hairline fracture or whatever. They all they said was that he is he was immediately put on LTIR. But does that I mean, the
0: fact that they didn't call up Braco is just terrible. It really is.
1: Well, he's well he
0: plays the other side. He plays the right wing. Okay, I mean seriously, I no, nobody can make an
1: alteration on that team, really. And and, and Aberg was lead, was leading the Marlies in scoring, so they decided to give him a look. I, I, I know, I I just don't, you know, I unless Nealander or Kapanen gets hurt, I don't think they're calling up Rocco this year. I mean, again, Freddie
0: Gauthier stinks. Yes, Team Ishab is not a good NHLer. Like, what are they doing? It's like, and I'll tell you, and as far as Myrtle's going, if he thinks they're gonna, you know sign peter angel the last thing kyle dubas needs is another contract discussion with another big player and adding another major contract
1: well i mean one way or the other the leafs are going to have to revamp their defense next year because muzzin hall yeah muzzin hall barry and Cece are all ufa all of them so you know they may not want to revamp their defense but they're gonna to have to revamp their defense
0: yeah I, I think that's true I think they will
1: um let's see questions here from Toronto Greenhouse is the is the cat close to the camera or does it have this enormous head? no the cat is close to the camera and that's why I've moved
0: my head <laughs> okay thank you <laughs> Oh, okay she's
1: here me outside she's not actually looking at the show. she could care less about the show. All right. Uh, yeah, this is realistic. Janssen, a third round pick, and Bracco for Gorgiev. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Sorry, that's not happening. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the Leafs will do that. Uh, I'm not going to put Barticus's. You know, it's like trade, tr- trade, Ma- trade Matthews to Arizona. Come on, I mean, come on. Would you guys please? Um, Kessel scored twice yesterday. Trade him for him. Yeah, well, hey, maybe he's gonna get that advertising deal with Oscar Mayer. Um, all right. Oh, let's see. Russ need uh, Russ needs to change the nickname to Russ Cat Scratch Fever.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> if I didn't hate Ted Nugent, I would do it. Oh, come on, he's a good
0: Republican. Oh yeah, he's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very much a pacifist.
1: Yes, yeah, uh, he he eats what he kills. That's what. Trust that me, I interviewed him once. Oh, you did. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm sure that was one that you put in your memory banks. I was, I was on a local AM radio station and they were kind of wondering what I was going to do. They were a little nervous about it. Uh, we'll finish off with this one. Uh, oh, actually let's do this okay. one, Bill. For, Bill, we'll get to the other one, Terry, in a second. Uh, okay. price for JP, uh, JG, uh, Paggio from Ottawa. What do you think he will garner in a trade? I think he
0: will garner a a really good prospect. Yeah, like a because he's because he's an RFA. So I think no, I, he's a UFA. Oh, he's a UFA now. Okay, so if he's a UFA, like a grade B prospect
1: F- and like a third or fourth round pick. Third or fourth. Well, okay. The height of the draft pick will counterbalance the prospect. If it's a a prospect, then it's a fourth or fifth. If it's a right. prospect, it'll be a second or a third. Yeah. And I could see him go to a team that's not guaranteed to make the playoffs. He's the type of guy you add to – like Montreal getting Peugeot or the Sabres getting Peugeot or the Oilers getting Peugeot. That would make sense because it adds to your core and it's not a superstar where you have to give up a first-round pick. And those teams, if they miss the playoffs, then that could be a lottery pick. So you don't want no, get- to – I'll add one more. Okay. What's Peugeot's Salary. Uh give me 2 seconds and I'll tell you senators it is 3.1 mil
0: maybe maybe there's some sort of deal uh between Ottawa and Philly where Pajot goes one way Gossspeer goes
1: the other way okay I don't think um I don't think that uh, it would be above Ottawa to add a defenseman. You got to remember Hainsey is a USA right. at the end of the year, probably won't be coming back. They might trade him at the deadline. Right. I think there's a way, and not to fuel further speculation or
0: anything, but I mean, the Flyers play Ottawa tomorrow, but Pierre Dorian was in a day early. Right. That
1: could be pro scouting, but. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Final one, uh, Terry uh to me, do the Leafs need to make a blockbuster hockey trade to fix their issues? Well th- I think that's the reason why they made the the coaching change.
0: They so want a lot of scouts out. I believe they are going to make a trade of some sort and I think they're gonna do it soon. That but would. I don't think I don't think it's gonna be a blockbuster. No, it won't be a blockbuster, but I do think they're going to do something because yeah. they need, they do need to shake up that that snow globe a little bit.
1: But when, when to answer Terry's question, when, when do I think they will make a blockbuster? I think that they will – right now they're in evaluation mode, changing over from Babcock to Keefe. It's going to take a little time to get everything in, in order. They want to see how this team plays once they have everything in line. If they continue to sort of wallow in mediocrity, then I think you could see them make a change at the deadline. Hell, they could trade Tyson Berry. And get a lot form at the deadline because he's uh, he's making less than three million bucks on a uh, salary shared contract. They're not going to do that unless they're completely out of the product. right. Not, probably not because that's an admission that Dubas would that Dubas made a mistake on the deal. Right. But I, you know, I think that if they do anything in season, it'll be a tinkering move. They maybe add a backup goalie. Maybe if they maybe they trade CC away if they can find something. I mean,
0: let's, let's say this because they don't have a lot of money. It right. still doesn't mean they possibly wouldn't trade like a first-round pick for a really great entry-level player that they could put in their lineup that they could afford. They could have for many years. Like, if there is a possibility, they could do that.
1: The problem. The problem is though they've already traded that uh, a first-round pick for Marlowe. They don't want to go down the road of being like the Leafs from years ago. I know, but like, I I, I think more than likely if they if you're talking about trading, they would trade Lilia Grin, who is a first-round pick former first-round pick than trading a future first. They're already going to a- developed. The yeah. problem is he's already developed. It may be better. And, and, look, I get
0: they don't want to be the Leafs of all, right? But the, the system they have, the farm system they have, is superior to what the farm system used to be Sure. for, for Toronto. But if you're going to trade an already developed player, a guy who's that close, yeah. Mm, it's I a- trade. I would rather trade the first and get a player that I can insert into the lineup and unless, then bring up Liljegren next year.
1: Unless they think Liljegren is going to be a five-six, and they can get that someplace else.
0: Yes, but again.
1: I don't know if that's the evaluation. I don't think it
0: is, but I'm just saying. I don't think it is either. And with defensemen, you have to be careful because it does take a lot of time till 25. The other thing is when you put that much time and effort into a defenseman like that, you better be certain.
1: And they also need the fact that next year, Sandin and Liljegren will probably be on the roster. And that's Mm -hmm. two defensemen of your six making less than a million dollars, one for two years, another for three years. And with all the high salaries, they need those cheap guys. Right. So we'll see. But all right, good show. Uh, We will be back on Monday with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast. Uh, Bill's playing the Ravens this week on Sunday. Um, That's a tough name. I expect, I expect the Bills to lose. I'm sorry. It, the Bravens are too tough. It's Lamar sure, probably will run a lot on them. Yeah, and and it, it's ironic that everybody was like, this was this awe-inspiring victory of the Bills beating the Cowboys in Dallas on Thanksgiving. And
0: now it's not showing to be now, that much.
1: Right, exactly, because the Cowboys lost to Chicago. Even though it was in Chicago, the Cowboys looked like crap. So, And I, I haven't looked at the standings, but somebody this morning was saying the Washington Redskins could win that division. Are they like? Are they like five and eight? Are they like what game? They're four wins, but let's let's yeah. Check check this check the check it quickly because, I you know because right now the Cowboys and the Eagles are six and seven, right? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think the Eagles are actually five and eight. Let me see. Uh, we'll- Eagles
0: for five and seven. No, Redskins are three and nine. They can't.
1: Oh, do it so then I don't know what the hell this person was talking about then. Yeah, yeah. this
0: is just Eagles are still a game behind the Cowboys. Cowboys could still win the division. They should have
1: fired Jason Garrett today. So you could you could have you could have an eight and eight division winner, yeah, in, in the NFC East, and they would. And here's here is the uh, the unfairness of the way the NFL has their playoff scheduling. That eight and eight team will be will host a home will host a home game in the playoffs against a team like San Francisco, who could end up eleven and five or twelve and four.
0: Yeah. I mean, don't you remember the Jets won the Division 8 and 8? Was that the
1: Ray Lucas one? No, that was after that. Okay. Way after that. All right. Well, thanks for watching, everybody. Remember, without the buzz... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just
0: about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
0: (gasps)